0: Welcome back. It's Mile High Magazine on a Sunday morning, as always. And I am Murphy Houston. Glad to have you here. And joining me now from the Nathan Yip Foundation, their executive director, Jill Schenkel-Henwood. Jill, good morning.
1: Good morning. Thanks for having us
0: here today. Well, it's good to have you here because I'm curious, as well as everybody else, before we get into uh, oh, the Chinese New Year and why you're – never mind. Let's talk about the Nathan Yip Foundation. Tell us about that. It sounds fabulous.
1: The Nathan Yip Foundation actually started about um, 20 years ago uh, after some unfortunate circumstances when an accident took the life of Linda and Jimmy Yip's son. Um, They sort of used that um, as an impetus to start a foundation that at the time was supporting rural schools in China um, and somewhat internationally. However, in the last five to seven years, um, the focus of the foundation has shifted to rural Colorado education. Um, so we currently uh, support K-12 through 12, uh, rural, education, rural educators and school districts and schools. Um, and we do that through a granting process, and we have a couple different types of grants. We've, we've had a larger, like, school district-wide grant. Um, that we've distributed about $150,000 out annually.
0: Wow, and great. And
1: started a new teacher grant, so teachers in rural school districts, and 140 of our school districts in the state of Colorado actually qualify as rural school districts.
0: Is that right? Um, I didn't know that. Holy cow, that's a lot.
1: Yes, yeah, so according to CDE, a rural district um, has fewer than 6,000 students or 6,500 students and has to be a certain distance away from a more metropolitan area. So pretty much everything out of the I-25 corridor um, qualifies except sure. for Mesa County. So um, our foundation provides grants to teachers and districts to really try to close that educational opportunity grant. Um, I am a rural Colorado native, and I taught in rural Colorado um, so there, there, while there are some incredible benefits to small schools and small communities where people know everyone um, and you have sure, you know, one science teacher to, for the whole high school, there are also some limitations in terms of exposure to uh, things like different jobs or even visiting the zoo, which is pretty easy for schools in the metro area, but a lot more challenging for schools in rural areas. So um, we provide grants to bridge that gap.
0: Well, and that's why the rural areas. You, you forget how rural, and that means isolated, I would think. Isolated, is that a good word to use for these students and the teachers? And they can certainly use your educational background.
1: Oh, they certainly are. So we, you know, there are communities that are 50 miles from from another community. Um, and oftentimes, you know, if you think about like Silverton, Colorado, if there's a lot of snow and the weather's bad, they can be um, just you know blocked off from other <laughs> communities for quite some time. Right. Uh, but we have a, we have a lot of those communities in Colorado uh, that that are miles away from other communities and are truly um, their own their own villages. And like I said, I, there are certain. Uh, I actually love living in rural Colorado, but um, there are also in the last few years I've been here in Denver there are so many opportunities here that it just takes a little extra effort and a little extra money to provide those to students in rural areas
0: right but i would think that even some of the bigger schools like you know here in Denver would appreciate the information you offer it's very educational
1: well i hope so
0: <laughs> so what yeah is do you deal at all with any bigger school districts
1: so um about Five or six years ago, when we when the foundation shifted from funding in China, um, we did do some programs with um, the schools in the metro area, um, and a lot of it was funding sort of organizations that worked within these schools. Book Trust. Um, we we actually started in the metro area doing a bus pass um, for students to get to schools of choice and things sure. like that. Sure. Um, however, there, there really is a need in rural Colorado, and there are um, a lot of opportunities and a lot of funding opportunities here in the metro area. I experienced that. I, I came over and taught in Inglewood for a few years, and I could not believe how well resourced financially the school was. We got a computer, the teachers got a computer, an iPad. We just had a lot of resources at our fingertips that. Um, the rural districts I've been in do not have yeah um, for various reasons sure
0: oh sure they don't have the the money background I'm sure in the rural areas like we do in the metro areas that's, that's a they gimmick.
1: don't have the money background the larger um, you know foundations and businesses that um, directly and indirectly support schools and the the school district foundations here in the metro area um, and they all things as simple as internet, connectivity make sure. a huge difference as well. Oh, I'll you know, bet. I I lived in Olathe and I taught there and it wasn't until about, uh, oh, it would have been about 2015 when, when I could actually get reliable internet in my home and that was bounced off my neighbor's house because they were in direct line of sight. So when you look, when you think about um, some of those gaps, obviously COVID sort of helped in some ways to close that. Um, gap. However, sure. there are certainly places and homes that you're not connected online, and, and that in itself can be a disadvantage.
0: Oh, for sure, for, for sure. For a
1: number of things.
0: We're talking with uh, Jill Henwood, who is the uh, executive director of the Nathan Yip Foundation. Now, I know Jill, the Nathan Yip Foundation typically puts on one of Denver's largest Chinese New Year celebrations. So this year, you're doing something differently. And when's the event take place? Because I like to know that know that stuff myself
1: yes so our our chinese new year gala this year is on february 4th saturday february 4th and um it is one of the largest um events in the metro area this year our theme is a chino latino theme so our um, gala chairs are raul and vivian Merciano, who um, are cuban-american and they are bringing you know we're including that flair into our event. So we will have both Cuban-American and Asian-American food, as well as our entertainment will be the Colorado Mambo Orchestra. However, at the same time, we will retain all of the traditional components of our Lunar New Year celebration, which includes a salad toss and the traditional night market. And we have fantastic, lion dancers. It's a youth troupe that just does an amazing job. Um, And of course the silent auction and live auction with um, lots of different opportunities for some cultural experiences from Singapore dinners and Asian American dinners to um, we will have a salsa um, session where you can learn how to salsa dance and make salsa. So one of the interesting things about the Nathan Yip Foundation is the community um, of supporters is really um, culturally diverse. so it's a great it, it provides a lot of um, unique opportunities at our event.
0: Well, it sounds interesting. Explain more why the mix of the two cultures, Gino Latino theme. Why, why have you come up with that idea this year?
1: Well, so a couple different reasons. First of all, our chairs um, bring that bring that enthusiasm to it. but additionally, um, our state. When we're looking at rural Colorado, we certainly have a lot of um, Hispanic and Latino influence, um, especially in many of our rural rural areas. Right. So we are hoping to sort of bring in um, a little bit of that flavor. Another focus this year will be um, helping our 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 donors to see. Um, where in rural Colorado their funds are going. Oh,
0: that's a good idea. People always want to know where the money's going.
1: They always want to know where the money's going, and I think also it's really important for folks in the metro area to get a sense of of just other areas of the state and other communities um, and, like, how far away they are.
0: (laughs) Yeah, like you've explained to us today how far they are which yes. is because we in there, you know we're in a big city you don't think about that stuff do we in a big city
1: well you don't think about it in the big city but we're we're faced with it every day in rural schools because everything seems to happen in denver so
0: yeah that's true i'll bet you do face that all the time so the <laughs> money's raised like you'll raise a lot of money in this big event right the big uh celebration coming up the new year celebration and we're explain again you probably have touched on it earlier in our conversation so where are the funds going they're going out in the rural areas, but for what educational levels? Where, what education?
1: So really a variety of things. We have funded um, in the past couple of years everything from um, a new playground and the playground equipment in Toyoc, New Mexico, or Toyoc, Colorado, the, on the Ute Mountain Ute Reservation. They established the first Native American charter school um, in the country, and we funded their playground.
0: Oh, good for you.
1: Yeah, so, and then our, like our rural teacher grants um, in Cotopaxi, we funded a micro scale chemistry lab for a teacher. So, if, if those of us in the metro area are used to um, schools that have two or three biology teachers and two or three chemistry teachers at the high school level, well, in Cotopaxi, there's one teacher that teaches all of those subjects wow. um, to the students there. So, our funding helped her put together a chemistry lab, so that it could be more hands-on and um, provide actually some of the substances and things, so that they could sure test solutions and yeah. identify <laughs> identify the chemical makeup. Things that, again, when you have you know three or four teachers teaching the same thing and a classroom or two devoted to chemistry, you can it's a, le- a little easier to have those things. But wow.
0: You you don't don't think about that. One teacher to teach all of that, that's got to be a little bit of pressure.
1: Yes. (laughs) But you know what? The amazing thing is there are amazing teachers out there that do that. We have um, one science teacher from EADS, Joe Wagner, who has for the last couple of years um, requested and received grants for his school to – of um, trained drone equipment, and um, also provide other resources throughout the school. But, cool, you know, our funding for the Eid Science program alone has has really allowed him to do incredible things and, and Good broaden for you. the Good for you. horizons yeah. of students.
0: Well, that is 2023, the Chinese New Year. What's his, What's the his Zodiac sign this year?
1: So it is the Year of the Rabbit.
0: And what does that mean? Every year it's a different animal, but why the rabbit? What's the significance of that?
1: So the rabbit is a symbol of um, longevity, peace, and prosperity. So to be in the year of the rabbit is a good year. Um, It's predicted to be a year of hope. And people born in the year of the rabbit are considered to be sort of vigilant, witty, quick-minded, sort of like the rabbit itself.
0: I see. Well how do you know what do you, how do you tie that in with the year is it the year you were born? Is that how that ties in?
1: Yes, yes. It is connected to the year you were born.
0: So um, how do you get to so, be a rabbit? So what year is that?
1: Um it so it would be this year and every I'm I'm if I'm remembering this correctly, every twelve years, um Oh, I see. The Zodiac has twelve um 12 signs of sure. the zodiac sure. so every 12 years it would be the year of the rabbit
0: well it'd be nice to hear the rabbit sounds like a fun one
1: <laughs> you know i think most all <laughs> of them are fun though i believe i was i'm in the year of the pig and that sounds sort of fun as
0: well. <laughs> well it's good to have it signed so well, i'm getting carried away here a little bit so jill before i let you go where do they find out more about the the nathan yip foundation how they get tickets for the big gala how's that all work
1: So the easiest way is to go to our website, which is just Um, NathanYipFoundation.org. I can also be reached on my phone at 970-261-5843. I'd be happy to send out invitations. Um, But you can purchase tickets online through our website. Um, And we'd love to have, we'd love to get a lot of people there. It's at the Grand Hyatt in Denver. Oh, that's uh, nice.
0: Yeah, it's a nice place.
1: Yes, yes. And we will have fantastic decorations that highlight our Chino Latino theme, so I'm incredibly excited about just what the venue will look like as well as all the activities that will go on.
0: And the date's February the food f- February 5th for all, all the fun? Pardon? February 5th for all the fun?
1: February 4th. 4th, okay. It's Saturday, February 4th.
0: Okay, and I'll bet that food is going to be good.
1: Yes, yes. I've gotten to taste all of it and... Mm. It'll be great.
0: <laughs> well, hey, Jill Henwood, who is the executive director of the Nathan Yip Foundation. Thanks for all the great information, and thank you. I have a lot of teachers, and two of my daughters, my wife's a retired teacher. Thank you for supporting the schools and the teachers in the rural area.
1: Well, I'm passionate about it, and it's a dream job. So, no, thank, thank you. you for- Thank you for hosting me this morning, and we look forward to seeing many of you at the Chinese New Year Festival. Well,
0: thank you for coming on, and thank you guys for listening. It's Mile High Magazine. Now, don't go away. I'll be back with more.